Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to an exciting edition of Pop Life as we explore explore all the goings-ons in pop culture. Glad to have you aboard because we are giving you a special Oscar, pre-Oscar awards rendition of Pop Life. We are excited to talk movies with you here tonight. Normally we are on, we go usually once a month, the uh, first Tuesday of the month, and we're going to be on this coming Tuesday talking about lots of great things in pop culture. We'll be on at 10.30, 10.30 Eastern Time to midnight this coming Tuesday. So if you like what you hear tonight, uh, tune in on Tuesday because we'll hit all avenues of pop culture coming Tuesday night. Uh, you know, just to kind of segue, we're talking Oscars tonight. Oscar award-winning film, 1976, Rocky, just adapted for Broadway. I happen to go see the show uh, this past weekend. But you know what? Not going to talk about it today because tonight's all about the 2014 Oscar Awards. Tune in on Tuesday, and I'll let you guys know what I thought about the new Broadway rendition of Rocky. It's all about the Oscars tonight, as always, when it comes to pop life. Got my co-host Todd is with us here in studio. Todd, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, Ken. Everybody out there, how are you? It is great to be here. It is obviously the, uh, it's the Super Bowl of pop culture. It is the Academy Awards tonight, and uh, whether you've seen the movies or haven't, whether you are interested in the fashion, the winners, the uh, the actors, but it's a huge night all around, and we can't wait to get started on this. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a pretty amazing night. You know, if you got predictions, as everyone, you know, you, you watch this stuff and you got your favorites and who do you think's going to win, and we're following right now. We got uh, ABC streaming in studio as well as E. So if anything breaks. We'll get it to you right away. Uh, if you got some predictions, though, go over to Facebook, facebook.com. Look up TKRS Presents Pop Life. That's our Facebook fan page. Get on there, like the page, and then, uh, you know, let us know what your predictions are for tonight. And if you don't want to get any predictions, just uh, there's a show chat on there right now. So get into that. You know, and a year's worth of films. There's lots of stuff, lots of films. If you're a movie buff, uh, you know, maybe there's stuff that – got nominated that you don't think deserved it. Maybe there's stuff that uh, you really thought should have been nominated and didn't get a nomination. You know, there's so many movies out. But, Todd, you kind of made it a point uh, over, what, about a week? You, you yeah. binge-watched. You, you kind of saddled up, and you are prepared for the Oscar Awards. Tell us about Absolutely. your week. You know, I used to, going back 10, 15 years ago, I used to see every movie that was up for every award. I used to be in the movies every weekend, a couple of times a week. And then I had kids. And things have changed. And, you know, I'm still catching up on last year's Oscar awards, uh, uh, nominated awards on cable. 
But when we said we're doing the show and we each discussed, you know what, we haven't really seen that many movies. It's hard to get out there. And I just made it a point. Tuesday night, I said, let me find some schedules. I'm doing this. A few of the movies are still in the theaters. There are some movies that uh, are available on demand. On I watched uh, 12 Years a Slave on Amazon Instant Prime when I couldn't get to the theater. Uh, a big thank you to my Uncle Ron, who, without him, I wouldn't have had the babysitting capabilities to go see a few of these movies. But yes, I, uh, I watched seven of the nine nominated Best Picture movies in three days. Uh, just saw Blue Jasmine as well, which uh, which was a, a great movie with a great performance by Kate Blanchett. Um, and, and you know, I just wanted to get out there and see as much as I could. And I definitely, the way my eyeballs were spinning in my head, I think I did that. I can't imagine going through like that many films uh, in the week. I mean, it must have been great though. I mean, quality entertainment all week. A- absolutely, quality entertainment. I mean, the first thing I did was uh, Wednesday morning. I went out to see American Hustle in the movies, and it was great to see a number of these movies still playing. So I had American Hustle set. I was seeing The Wolf of Wall Street the next day, 12 Years a Slave the next day, plus everything on demand. But when I got to the theater, I looked at the showtimes, and one minute after American Hustle ended, Gravity was going to begin. And, you know, Ken and I were talking about the fact that he saw Gravity in the theater, and I might be relegated to seeing it on TV. Luckily, I was able to uh, slip over to the next theater with a pair of 3D glasses in my pocket. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just happened to have them on me. And uh, I saw Gravity, uh, sat way up in the third row. I, uh, I wanted to get the, the you know, IMAX-type experience. And Go ahead, Ken. What's going on? The, the tablet, actually. The, some of the, the sound is bleeding in, so I, just, I don't want to be distracting for oh, our, our listeners. Um, so I was wondering if you could, if it's possible to mute it. Oh yeah, I, uh, we're muted, but I'll just get rid of the thing. I, when he said, <laughs> "We're trying to like," I'm trying to do hand signals here in the studio, like just. He's telling me tablet, and I'm tapping my microphone <laughs> as if that's going to make a difference. Um, so Ken will be watching the uh, the red carpet. While uh, while I look at my closed tablet so as to not bleed in the audio, that's fine. That's totally fine. Anyway, uh, my point is I got to get to see Gravity uh, in the theater, in 3D, and it was really it was a transformative experience. That was an amazing movie from every angle, every way you look at it. And I know there are differences of opinion on this. I've noticed a generational difference of opinion on this. But, um, you know, I'm very glad to have seen it in the theater. And it started me thinking, what kind of a different experience did the people have who were sent screeners and watched this at home? You know, the people who did watch it this past week uh, on, on demand or uh, on DVD. And what kind of uh, impact should that make on the way they treat the movie once they start voting for Best Picture and some of these other awards. What are your thoughts? I, I you know, it's, it's an interesting movie because uh, to, to me, it's it's one of, if not the first movies, to really be looked at in in, in the vein of, of the special effects were very important and and dramatically speaking, uh, you know, most of the times when you're talking high end special effects movie, you're talking comic book films, you're talking. Uh, sci-fi uh, extravaganzas you're talking you know n- nothing that's 
going to put itself out there, and no disrespect, but put itself out there for like a best picture type film. Um, Gravity is like one of those, and you know, as, as special effects continue to evolve, uh, things may, may change, and we may see, you know, if a director has an intention of a certain way to see a film, you would almost think that on some levels, people who are voting for the film should be obligated to see it in that certain way. The special effects had a lot to do with, with the greatness of this movie, but I don't think it, it was, it's something that, you know, it takes away from the writing and the story. It, right. it, everything complemented each other so well in this film. Right up, like, not even just the special effects, but the 3D of the special effects. It, it just, they all, you almost got to look at the, the special effects, special effects, easy for me to say, special <laughs> effects aspect of this film as almost another character, or, or just a, it, it, it was so important, it was just as important as the writing, the directing, and the acting was these the special effects, and, and I, I am curious, number one, if we're going to see more and more movies like this, more and more movies really effectively using uh, special effects in 3D uh, in, in a, a critically sound way, and, and number two, is, is it something that we really need to see the people, the, the members of the Academy, seeing the movies the way they're intended to be seen? Yeah, you know, it's, it's tough to tell people, well, you have to see this in 3D uh, until we get to the point where everyone has a 3D TV in their homes or, you know, you, you are going to escort them to the theaters and buy them a ticket. If you tell them they can't consider it, if they don't see it in 3D, it may not get consideration. So, you know, it's kind of a quandary there. But... You know, if it's if movies have to have a certain budget to be made this way, is it fair to to consider the 3D? On the flip side would be, should we consider all movies just in their flat, you know, iteration, uh, two dimensional or purely on a you know home TV, or should we have to consider them in 3D, or is it just up in the air? You know, we release this movie this way and another one. I I was taken in by right towards the beginning. Um, I've seen plenty of 3D movies due to the fact that most of the movies I see in the theaters are children's movies. I see a lot of animated ones with my kids these days. So I see plenty of 3D, but this one, when Sandra Bullock was floating out of the screen at me, when I was right there in space with her and Clooney, uh, it was truly incredible. And, and when you know she, she a tear left her face, and instead of running down her face like you would expect, kind of floated out at me. I felt like I'd pop it like a bubble. I mean, it was incredible. Um, but, you know, we'll see where that takes it tonight. Uh, you know, we obviously, this seems to be a race between two movies. There are a couple of others that may get uh, some consideration. But 12 Years a Slave and Gravity seem to be uh, the big movies as far as Best Picture goes this year. It may be a two-picture race. And... Uh, you know, award season in general kind of gives you a, a picture of which way different groups are leaning. What you know, different groups being the uh, academy, the voters in general, or whether it be the actors, the screenwriters, the producers, and everyone gets a vote here for best best picture. But Twelve Years a Slave has won a lot of awards already, from uh, everything from last night's Independent Spirit Awards to the Golden Globes to uh, the Producers Guild, actually, really interesting, but the Producers Guild 
handed out a tie between those two movies, 12 Years Slave and Gravity. And that's usually a very good indicator of best picture. Um, but award season, I mean, when did that become a thing? It, it's crazy. I mean, it just seems, you know, it's hard to keep track. I, I, you know, I, I'm one of those people that I don't really, you know, I take it all the grain of salt. I, I you know, it, it's fun to see, you know, if you have a favorite movie, you want to see if yours one or not uh you you know it's interesting to see where the trends are going sometimes it's even just fun just to get pissy with the the people who are are picking the best pictures um you know and certain movies like you know one movie you know you say it's a two-picture race you know one movie a movie like nebraska uh seemed to do pretty well especially with the uh uh was i looking at now that the uh the national board of review um you know and, and interesting like will forte uh, doing well for himself and, and getting back to, you know, one reason I wanted to bring up the movie Nebraska and, and getting back to, you know, how we watch movies. Right. Now, a movie like Nebraska definitely stripped down black and white and you're seeing that movie, how the director intended. It's almost like the opposite side of, the, of gravity. Absolutely. Yes. But in a, a gravity, and that's what's weird about it. Like if you're watching Nebraska on a, on a, on a TV or even a tablet, it, it, it's almost it, it adds to the, the character of that film, whereas a gravity might lose something. And, and it's interesting to see, you know, I, I would bet most of these guys, when they see these movies, they have to see a lot of movies are probably watching them on their tablets or even watching them bits and pieces, whereas you might lose something with a gravity. But with a Nebraska, it, 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 it's very deep and personal because it's such a stripped down film. Absolutely. Yeah. Gravity would not have been the same if I had to watch that in parts. Whereas Nebraska, I did watch in a couple of separate pieces, but I felt like what I was seeing, and I actually watched most of this on my the big screen, the 60-inch, and I moved over when my kids took over the living room, and I watched part of it on a uh, you know, maybe a 27 or something, and it, it didn't lose anything. It was a movie you could watch anywhere. I almost I could picture the uh, the director sitting there with his head under the hood, watching what was going on, and I, you know it's pretty close to what I'm seeing here on the screen. He may have actually been watching this in color, so he may have had even more effect. Obviously, the effect of putting it in black and white was a you know part of the scaled down uh, small town kind of feel of this movie, and it was a, a great little movie. Um, but it, I can't put it in the same category as uh, Gravity, 12 Years a Slave, or one of my other personal favorites this year, Dallas Buyers Club. I mean, it really, uh, if we had had the five nominees that we had in years past, I can't see Nebraska being up for Best Picture this year. Well, you got to be excited, though, at least uh, Will Forte getting some SNL alumni. I know yes. you're still, still a big fan of SNL, uh, getting a lot of critical acclaim for his role in this. Absolutely. You know, it's been a big week for SNL, not to hit TV, but, you know, there are a lot of SNL alums doing their things on television. Will Forte uh, was terrific in this movie. I mean, he was uh, almost as much of a lead in this movie as Bruce Dern. And, um, you know, he was uh, he was tremendous. He actually, though, even though he won Best Supporting Actor through the National Board of Review, is not up for Best Supporting Actor at the Academy Awards. You know, it's uh, one of those situations, and it's rare, I guess, where you find someone who wins one of these major award season uh, awards and then ends up not getting nominated for the Oscar. Instead, we have Barkhad Avdi from Captain Phillips, Bradley Cooper, 
Michael Fassbender, Jonah Hill, and Jared Leto. And in my mind, this is Jared Leto's award. I mean, you may as well have given to him already. He could have his name engraved on that statuette because he was uh, incredible. I mean, both both lead males in this movie were amazing, but I can't see anyone else coming in and, and taking this Oscar from Jared Leto. Wow. Well, you know, it's just it's exciting to be part of this right now. Uh, lots of races going on. Who's going to win? It is award season, and interesting night. some people get really excited. Some people are totally into it. Uh, some people not so much. Uh, a little birdie told me that our next caller is really into award season and maybe give us a little insight on why she loves award season so much. We're going to go out to the phones right now. Caller, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, good evening. Hello? Hi, how are you? Good to hear from you. Good to hear your voices. You guys sound great. I'm a big fan. So, uh, I understand you're a big fan of award season in general. Makes the winter bearable. Look forward to it every year, and uh, it's the triple crown of uh, of the movies. Love it. Yeah, and what, this is the culmination tonight, the Oscars. What constitutes your triple crown? What awards? Well, I, the, uh, well I, there are several, but the SAG... The Golden Globes and now the Oscars. This is the the crown jewel. You know, uh, obviously this is it's leading up to it, but you know I don't watch any of the other award shows, but I do keep up with um, you know what's happening. I kind of will you know check the news, see that oh, and like you mentioned the SAG Awards. Well, uh, they gave awards to who I imagine is going to win in each of the four acting categories, Matthew McConaughey, Jared Leto, Kate Blanchett, and Lupita Nyong'o. The other thing that they have that is actually a terrific category is uh, best cast. And although they may not individually win any awards at the Oscars, the American Hustle American cast... Hustle. Right. Full cast award, and you know, as a whole, they were incredible. Uh, did you see American Hustle or any of the I other movies? Saw, I saw it. I saw most all of them. I didn't see um, Twelve Years a Slave, and I, I didn't see Captain Phillips, but I saw the others. They were all marvelous. I think they've got the nominations right, definitely. Um, I agree with all the choices you 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 said all the selections but i'm not sure about the lapita nyango and the um, and jennifer lawrence i really loved her performance in american hustle and i i think i'll be a little disappointed if she doesn't win but of course i didn't see the other one so i don't know you saw both of them i did and uh you know as good as uh lapita nyango was mm-hmm. I- Agree. I think Jennifer Lawrence deserves this award. I think she may be hurt. When you get into that Oscar politics thing, the fact that she won mm. actress last year may hurt her chances for winning another award. When you have this newcomer in this powerful movie, I don't think her performance is up to the level of... When I watched uh, American Hustle, they were all terrific, but she's the one who just holds a scene completely. Jennifer- she does. And she's had an amazing career, you know, for someone who's been around for only a few years. Uh, three nominations. She's 23 years old, and she's been mm-hmm. up for 
boxers already. It's really incredible. Do you have any other thoughts, caller? Uh, by the way, can you, you can give us your name and location. Uh, I'm Leslie. I'm in New City. Uh, on the Academy Awards. I'm sorry? Have any other thoughts at all on, on the, uh, the show, the awards, anything else, anything you've seen? I, I love the show. I love the fashion. Um, I, I'm surprised that there's not more um, attention being given to the nominations for Meryl Streep. She was incredible in August Osage County. And uh, Julie Roberts was fantastic. And you haven't heard much, uh, much about the, the two of them. Maybe due to the fact that the movie is not nominated for any major awards, and right. uh, the movies see, so I speak to uh, that issue personally. But maybe because the movie is not up for, um, you know, best picture, best director, we're not getting as much attention paid to them. Certainly, though, it's not as if uh, they haven't been discussed at length in years past. I mean, these are two actresses who. Uh, have dominated the past 20 to 30 years uh, in their performances. They have. Well, Meryl Streep certainly has. And uh, and my favorite tonight would be Dallas Buyers Club, though I don't think it stands a chance for Best Picture. But I just was blown away by the movie, by the performances. I I just can't stop talking about it. I thought it was fantastic. And Matthew McConaughey who I wasn't a tremendous fan of prior to this movie. I just, I, I just can't rave enough about him. And I heard you mention that that was one of your personal favorites as well. It was. Um, you know, probably second to Gravity, um, but right up there. And, you know, they're very different movies. But I agree. Matthew McConaughey was, he transformed himself. He was a, a completely different person on the screen. And I thought he was incredible. You know, Christian Bale in American Hustle was great. Leonardo DiCaprio was uh, terrific in The Wolf of Wall Street. But and Legiofor, really, um, if anyone is going to get a an award from that movie, it would be him if not for Matthew McConaughey's nomination. I think he's got to come home with that award. He was incredible. I, I agree with you completely. I don't – we kind of part ways when it comes to gravity, though. I, I wasn't as impressed as uh, I heard you say you were. Gravity in a movie theater? Yeah. yeah. I wasn't as impressed. I mean, the special effects were great, and it certainly deserves awards for that, but I wasn't impressed with the film, and I know you you said you were. Getting effects awards, uh, you know, hand over fist tonight. It'll, it'll come home with a number of those technical awards, but we'll have to see where the uh, the big races come down. Leslie, thank you so much for calling in. It was great to hear from you. And, uh, you know, anyone else who has an opinion, you had a lot to say. And, and uh, very informative. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. We do have breaking news. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence fell down. She fell on the red carpet. <laughs> well, that's not Handled really it well. Jennifer Lawrence falls. I mean, that's kind of what she does. <laughs> but uh, we love her for it. You know, she, can't, she really can do no wrong. You know, no matter what she does, people love, and uh, she she kind of takes everything not too seriously. It's yeah, great. she is. She's she's laughing it off right now. Uh, but uh, yeah, she just she just fell. You know, she's, it's funny because she's one of those actresses. You know, generally for me, I, I've hated as of late the big <clears throat> excuse me 
the big new franchises, the big teeny bopper franchises. Okay. She did a lot for me with Hunger Games. I thought, I honestly, and, and start calling and yelling at me now, I didn't like Harry Potter. Did nothing for me. Uh, I hated uh, the uh, Twilight. Yep. So I kind of lumped those into those, like these new franchises. The phone lines are lighting yeah. up. <laughs> um, when Hunger Games came out, it was just one of those things where I'm like, this is going to be another franchise that I'm, I'm just going to hate. I'm hearing oh, you know, all the kids are reading the books, and oh my God, I can't wait. To... But I'm like, you know what? When, it, hey, we do the show. It's pop culture. So if, it, if it's getting some notoriety, I have to at least check it out. I actually really enjoyed the first Hunger Games a lot. Have not seen the sequel, but a lot has to do with Jennifer Lawrence. And like you said, she seems like someone right now can do no wrong. Yeah, absolutely. What she says, the way she reacts to things like falling down, the way she seems to kind of get tipsy and, uh, you know, just is kind of real out there with a couple of drinks in her at the end of some of these shows. <laughs> um, but, you know, and she's she's really herself when you see her on a talk show or something like that. And in my mind, she was uh, the the best supporting actress. She, out of everybody in American Hustle, and they were all good, she was outstanding. And it was the least of the four parts, the least of the four nominated uh, parts. She had less screen time than the other three, but she really held that screen uh, every time she appeared. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. You've tuned into Pop Life. We're exploring the world of pop culture tonight. We're doing a special edition uh, Oscar pre-show tonight. We're talking everything Oscars. Be sure to check us out Tuesday night at ten thirty for our regularly scheduled slot. We'll hit other things in the realm of pop culture. We're talking all Oscars tonight. You got stuff you want to say? Check us out on Facebook. Pop KRS presents Pop Life. It's our Facebook page, like us and get in on the chat. Or if you want to give us a call, 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We're going to go out to Jersey right now. Caller, are you there? Hello? Hello, caller. Surprise! Hello. How Do we know who you are? Oh, you don't know who I am. It's Arotundo. Calling from New Jersey. So... What what are you calling about? Any thoughts on the Academy Awards, the shows, the awards, the actors? What's going on? Uh, I just want to talk about Oscar. Is this Oscar the Grouch that we're talking about? <laughs> he is not up for any awards this year, although he does have a, a you know new episodes of his show are on weekly. Oh well, so your Steve Wolf didn't tell me that. He was telling me something about Oscar the Grouch being on TV, so I got excited and I wanted to watch. <laughs> we attract all types. <laughs> Thanks a lot, caller. We'll, we'll talk to you real soon. <laughs> well, that was terrific. That was uh, that was you know. You this know. is what happens when you do a a wrestling show, right? And, and then you decide, hey, let's let's class it up a bit and talk about the Academy <laughs> Awards. <laughs> that numbers out, you know, who knows how many people's hands. <laughs> Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. We're gonna go back out the road. I think it's our pal Justin who frequents the wrestling show as well. Justin, are you there? Hi, Ken. I missed you. How you doing, buddy? We're talking movies tonight. We're talking about the Academy Awards. You got any favorite movies you saw this this year? The Lego Movie. 
I heard right. that you, you, I haven't got a chance to see it, but you've I seen did. it, right? I've heard some really good things about that. Not nominated for Best Picture. No, it's not. It came out too late this year. Okay, it's so just, perhaps next year. But uh, I've heard some good things about it. What do you, what do you think, Todd? I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to call it one of the greatest kids movies, but it was a ton of fun from start to finish. What did you think, Justin? I like Jennifer Lawrence for best for best movie for best picture. I I, I love the way you can like just jump topics on us like that, but that keep us on our toes, Justin. Absolutely. We were just talking about Jennifer Lawrence, and we like her a lot. And best she's up for best uh, actress in a supporting role for American Hustle, and you're pulling for her to win this evening. Yes, I want her to win. This, I want her to win an Oscar for this. And did you say you also think that the movie should win best picture? Yes, I think she is. American Hustle. Uh, interesting. You know, it's uh, definitely one of my top five. You know, and again, if we were back to the days where there were five nominees, I would definitely have it up there. Uh, I like the movie. What did you uh, like about her performance or uh, anything else she's done in the past? She's she's a great she's a great actress. She loves all of her movies. American Hustle. Of course, you know she uh, she won the award last year for Silver Linings Playbook, and she was nominated for Winter's Bone a few years ago, has had a, an amazing career, and that interspersed with the Hunger Games movies. Yeah, she's really made her mark at a very young age. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anything else you're pulling for tonight? Any uh, movies, actors, actresses you're pulling to see win tonight? I'm pulling for uh, Gravity with Sandra Bullock. Ah, all right. Uh, you know, I, I like the head is that today. So, uh, grab for best picture. Oh, she's great. Oh, you thought she was great? Oh, so you're talking to Sandra Bullock for best actress? Mm-hmm. Like talking about the ladies tonight. Aye. Oh, yeah. the ladies. She practically carried that movie by herself, which was amazing. You know, so she did a tremendous job. Uh, you know, we could talk about the effects all you want, but she did an amazing job in that movie, right? Right on, brother. Justin, thank you so much for the call. Really appreciate you supporting this show as well as supporting uh, the wrestling stuff. And uh, you, you Call us up because tomorrow night we'll be doing the wrestling show and then Tuesday night we're back doing Pop Life. So keep, keep on board. Thanks for supporting us. Enjoy the Oscars tonight. Ken, you know what? What? You're a cool guy. I do my best. Thanks for the call, Justin. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Ken. There we go. We got uh, Justin giving us his input. Lots of, uh, you know, he wanted to talk about the ladies tonight. So He did, and that's fine. The ladies, uh, you know, did a tremendous job this year. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I think that that category may be wrapped up already. Uh, as good as Sandra Bullock was, as good as our caller Leslie, uh, you know, said Meryl Streep was, and as good as she always is, uh, this may belong to Kate Blanchett out of all of these acting races. Um, you know, the movie itself is not nominated for Best Picture or Director. I believe it's up for a writing award. And Kate Blanchett is up for Best Actress. And she was outstanding. I mean, this was, again, her movie. Obviously, her name is there in the title. It was her movie. And she did such a great job, you know, between the... Uh, if you haven't seen it, there are flashbacks to when she's on top of the world, 
There's the present time when she was really at rock bottom, hoping to climb back up, and what she does with, you know, an emotionally unstable character, and uh, the way she, you know, took it from time period to time period. She was just outstanding, you know, throughout the entire movie. One movie that got a lot of buzz this year, not nominated for Best Picture or Best Animated Film, uh, Frozen was a tremendous movie, got a lot of buzz, and uh, we have Jenna on the line right now, and Jenna's going to give us a little bit of her insight on on the movie Frozen. Jenna, can you hear us? Yeah. Hi, Jenna. Hi. How are you? So we, we, we want to have you on because you saw the movie Frozen, and since we're doing it, an Academy Awards pre-show. We wanted to hear, uh, just tell us a little bit about the movie and, and what your thoughts were. It's about a story of loving sisters and how you um, connect with your sister. And I liked it because um, I have my sister. And um, it's like a story um, that I really like. just like to watch. And... What were some of the characters you really liked in the movie? Um... I like that um, the sister Elsa, she has ice powers, and um, Anna, she, um, Elsa throws Anna, so um, Anna didn't know that Elsa had ice powers anymore, and um, and, um, Anna was so upset because uh, Elsa wasn't um, playing with Anna anymore, so uh, Anna fought, and at the end of the movie, they ended up being best friends again. And you would, you would get, I mean, you've seen, I know, because we've gone to some movies, I mean, you've seen a lot of animated movies over the years. Um, you know, where, where does, is this one of your favorite movies ever? Is it, eh, just okay, you know, it's good for this year? Uh, where, it's where is, awesome. What did what, you say? It's awesome. Is it one of your favorites ever? Yeah. What are some of your favorite Disney movies? Uh, have you seen The Little Mermaid or uh, Beauty and the Beast? Yeah, I've seen The Little Mermaid, but I, I think Frozen's my favorite movie ever. I just love it. Oh, oh, high praise. Favorite that, movie ever. Praise. I'm curious also, because Frozen is also nominated for Best Original Song uh, for the mm-hmm. song Go. Um, what did you think Let of that? Go. Uh, I think it's a good song. I like to dance to it sometimes. The what sometimes? To dance to it sometimes. You just you just are, you just randomly dance around to the frozen music. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just 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 because. Just to be young again. <laughs> Dancing right now. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna, did you see Despicable Me too? <laughs> Did you see the movie Despicable Me Too? Yeah. Oh, what, wait, no. No, sorry. Yeah, but from what I understand, you know, because you guys, we're talking sisters with Frozen. Uh, my, my special correspondent on Frozen also has a special correspondent. And okay. did, did Caitlin yeah. saw Despicable Me, correct? Yeah. We may be yeah. Okay. Caitlin. Oh, yeah, okay. Like, Despicable Me. Despicable Me. I saw Despicable Me. Did you like it? Yeah. Which did you like better, Frozen or Despicable Me too? What? I can't hear you. 
Which movie do you like better, Despicable Me 2 or Frozen? Despicable Me 2. All right, so we may have a split vote there in that house. You guys, thank you so much, Caitlin, for, for contributing. Could you, could you put Jenna back on? Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Are you there, Jenna? Yeah. Okay, so I guess, you know, Caitlin said Despicable Me 2 uh, was better than Frozen. You said Frozen was better, so are you going to watch tonight to see who wins? Yeah. Well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, you keep conti- continue dancing around, and I hope that I'm wishing the best for uh, Frozen. Thank you so much. We'll have to keep seeing the animated films. We'll have to get you back on and talk some more about these movies. Okay. Okay, take care. Thank you. Thank thank you. Bye. You know, I never thought about it before, but I hope they do the right thing year in and year out and put uh, categories like best animated feature, best song on early, so that the kids who have seen these movies can actually watch it, if they are at all watching Academy Awards shows. But it would be nice if they were able to uh, stay up and watch those awards given out. That's a good point. I mean, you know, again, you want to market these things, uh, you know, put those those awards i mean there's so many awards and these award shows go so long um you know kids can't stay up till till the end and we know that the awards that are going to go towards the end so yeah putting the, the kids award show, awards uh in the beginning would definitely be great and uh thanks jenna and caitlin who gave us a little bit of insight you know and, that, and it's it's cool like when you hear that because that's that's the whole point uh you know we could sit here and dissect uh some of these animated films but you really want to hear how it resonates with uh, kids and Kate, uh, for Jenna, you know, Frozen having a sister, the plot of the movie resonated with her and that's that's the movie's intended audience, you would hope. There's been a lot of buzz for a movie like that, so we'd hope uh, down the road a piece, hopefully that uh, enters into Best Picture. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to be just nominated in Best Animated Picture. Uh, some of these movies, especially with the, with the expansion, right. get nominated for Best Picture. Well, we actually had that. You know, I don't think that in uh, 2010 you would have had Toy Story 2, uh, Toy Story right. 3, excuse me, nominated for Best Picture if they hadn't expanded uh, the category. But, you know, going back to uh, 2008 or the 2009 uh, Academy Awards, uh, my understanding is a lot of people thought that The Dark Knight should be nominated for Best Picture, and it didn't get a nomination. And I, you know that's a movie I'm sure that hits home with our resident Batman fan here. Yes. So the uh, the Academy decided to expand the field from five movies to ten, and then they quickly uh, said, you know what, ten is not necessarily a magic number either. So there are rules now about getting a a certain percentage of the vote when the nominations are made. and It could be anywhere from five to ten. Nine seems to be the magic number. The last three years, there have been nine nominees. But we had ten a couple of times, and it certainly helped. So in 2010, we had Up, uh, the Pixar movie, nominated. Toy Story 3, the next year, nominated for Best Picture. So we are in an era now where uh, movies like this can be nominated. The question is, is it the right thing? You know, Do you think there are too many Best Picture nominees? Should it be a little more special uh, to get that nomination? Or is it good to have more people who have seen more of these movies, maybe tuning in in greater numbers to see the awards? Any thoughts? 
I, I think it does take away from the. I mean, it, it's tough to say because when you think about a year and how many movies are out, to be mentioned in like the top nine or so is is definitely an honor. Right. Um, but it, you know, perception's reality as as a movie fan and and you know how many movies you see or hear of as like a, a normal person, not as as part of the academy. Um, you know, going from like five nominations to nine or ten to me at least, kind of kills a bit of the prestige, that whole, it's right. just an honor to be nominated. So, you know, I, I get it. I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I guess gut reaction, I wish they would just stay at like five uh, nominations and really just kind of make it a little more concise. Right. You know, that this year, I could pick my five. In other years, I don't know if I would necessarily have been able to do that. And year by year, you know, it does change. It's kind of interesting because it, when you think about it, you have ten movies nominated for Best Screenplay, five Best Original Screenplay, and five Best Adapted Screenplay. You have ten lead actors using the modern version of actor, male or female. You have ten actors in a lead role, ten actors in a supporting role. You have ten Best Picture nominees, but only five movies five directors nominated for an Academy Award. And that causes problems that, you know, really hadn't been seen in the past because you pretty much had those two categories line up except for maybe one director who didn't get their picture nominated and one picture whose director was left out. Now it's a whole other, you know, a whole other ballgame because you have nine Best Picture nominees, but four of them, even though they were great movies, their directors were not, you know, in the top and they don't get that nomination. It's kind of interesting. It is really interesting. I mean, you know, it, it, again, it's tough for me. You know, so I, I I like watching. I like hearing the movies that I liked win. Um, but, it, you know, it, it's it's tough stuff. There's always something, and that's, I guess, always my issue with the award ceremonies. Is, you know, it's if, if, a, if a picture wins Best Picture, well, then how does that director not win Best Director? You know, and you, you kind of get caught up in, in that... You know, a picture wins Best Picture, but no acting awards. Like, well, how how is, is that even even possible? So, and it's uh, look usually like there is a Best Picture, like at least one of the acting awards goes to Best Picture, and usually you see it. But sometimes it's always sometimes it's always. See, there right. I'm getting all flustered. But there, there's a lot a lot of times there's uh, you know things just just don't sit right with you when when they give out the awards and. Uh, you know, but we're all movie lovers, and, and that's kind of why, why we get caught up with this. We love going to the movies. We love, uh, you know, being able to sit down for two or three hours and, and have, like, a, you know, just, just be transported someplace else. And, uh, you know, when, when we're, we go to these movies and you're such a movie buff and, and you just, you know, Todd and I, and, and I'm sure a lot of you out there listening, we just love movies. And... We love going and experiencing movies, and, and we're taken back by, by the experiences that, that certain movies can give us. And, and as movie fans, as fans of like the industry, as, as fans of pop culture, it does hit home as much as sometimes you, you, know, you don't know somebody personally. But when there's an unfortunate passing of uh, an actor, performer, director, uh, it, it kind of hits home. So it, it feels sometimes that... Uh, it's almost like you knew the person, and uh, they were they were a part of your life. They were a part of uh, uh, your entertainment, and it and uh, as of late, unfortunately, we we've lost uh, a, a few a uh, few of these performers that really kind of 
touched us that uh, hit home and uh, you know we wanted to uh, just pay tribute uh, you know recently uh, you know one uh, such performer that we lost and and you know this individual didn't have an extensive career but was part of the cult classic the Warriors had maybe uh, the most iconic line in the movie and one of the the most iconic lines uh, in the history of, of film uh, to the point where on on the wrestling program even though it's not a wrestling line, uh, it, it's used to close our opening promo. Can you dig it? Uh, Roger Hill from the Warriors uh, passed away uh, this week. Uh, and again, it's funny because I've seen that movie a, a number of times. Uh, I went a few years without seeing it, and it's interesting for such an iconic role. He's not in the film uh, that much, but... Unfortunately, he had passed away uh, this past week. Yeah, he kind of takes over towards the end. Um, you know, he's much more a part of the movie towards the end. And, uh, you know, it's interesting that you let off with uh, with this actor. There are some other people, unfortunately, we've lost recently. And, of course, over the past year, you can tune into the Oscar broadcast for their whole In Memoriam segment. Um, but recently, a few actors, and this is one that, you know, obviously holds um, – a special place for the people who have seen this movie, including Ken and, and me. You know, I saw it recently for the first time, and that was uh, his line: uh, "Warriors come out and play." Is the, the, the one that stuck with me uh, from that movie. So, you know, unfortunately, uh, one of the actors we lost. Another one uh, who may not have been an Oscar favorite like some of the others, but a tremendous influence was Harold Ramis. And uh, he's someone who was behind some of my favorite movies of all time. And uh, last week, unfortunately, we lost, uh, you know, one of the greatest directors, actors. Um, his, his movies from Stripes to Ghostbusters, Groundhog Day, just to name a few, uh, he'll definitely be missed. And he's a guy also, like, you know, there, there are certain uh, celebrity deaths that kind of hit home a little bit more. You know, he, he kind of, he touches your childhood, uh, you know, when you, you think back to those classic comedies. Uh, you know, I, we've, it's, you know, we do this show, and it, it's basically the show is the manifestation of uh, decades of conversations that Todd right. and I had. I mean, you know, we, going to the movies to see, Harold Ramis movies, you know, when we were we were younger, you know, it's uh, very sad to see, you know, I maybe not in the loop. I had no idea he was sick. Um, so for me, it was he suddenly passed away. Uh, right. Very sad. Uh, you know, in some of his movies, you know, I mean, Ghostbusters, I mean, you, you don't say anything more. I mean, definitely a comedic classic. And then you have a movie like Groundhog's Day where, you know, that movie is just, so deep as much as it's hilarious uh there's so many layers and and as, as much as maybe harold ramis might be more well known for movies such as the ghostbusters and the caddyshacks and and movies like that may groundhog's day may have been his best work the intricacies of that movie uh Everything but making it funny, but making it touching, uh, just a great all-around film. Yeah, he made comedies, but, you know, the difference between Stripes and, and you know, ground, uh, Stripes and Groundhog Day or Ghostbusters and Groundhog Day is the difference between a comedy and a movie that is 
funny, but it's it's touching. It's deep, like you said. You almost have to Groundhog Day watch that movie to see what's you know truly going on behind this tortured soul that is Bill Murray. So you know he did something amazing with that movie. That uh, you know people of of our age, people who grew up in the eighties, uh, Harold Ramis has got to be a big part of your life. Yeah, and I actually did that once. Snowed in one year. Uh, they were doing a Groundhog Day marathon, and I sat and watched Groundhog Day over and over again. It, <laughs> it messed with my head, but uh, it was just it, like you know that was when you know when I first saw it. And I saw it years ago, and I was like, that was a good little little comedy. And I thought, you know, poor poor uh, Bill Murray was stuck in this loop maybe a week or two. And uh, you know, it was only till like I actually watched the marathon. I'm like, wow, this movie goes so much deeper. He was stuck in this for so long, and it's just it's, it's a great movie, and definitely a a very talented uh, individual that will be sorely be missed. And uh, a few weeks back, uh, another tremendous actor, un- unfortunately uh, succumbing, uh, overdosing, drug use, very tragic uh, to to go out that way. But uh, one Philip Seymour Hoffman, a guy who. Uh, Tremendous actor, uh, you know, one of those guys that, you know, when I've talked to people about Philip Seymour Hoffman, you, you kind of forget how many movies he was in. And he always had a knack for, you know, being that type of actor that you forgot it was Philip Seymour Hoffman, and he just kind of became that character. Uh, tremendous actor, you know, I remember I was talking to someone recently, and I was like, remember, he was Robin Williams' roommate in Patch Adams. And like, oh, oh, yeah, he was, and he was in Twisters. I mean, uh, in Boogie Nights, you know, he was. Yes, that's. I think that's where he really showed he can just put himself out there and uh, be be vulnerable, be real. And he was just, you know, a force even back then. He did not look like your traditional leading man in, in any way, uh, but he just commanded presence and. You know, he did that throughout his career. I personally uh, loved him in uh, a whole bunch of movies. I saw The Master recently. Last year's um, movie was nominated for a number of awards, and he was tremendous. Doubt, which was, uh, you know, something uh, probably five years ago, but Meryl Streep, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Amy Adams, and that was a very powerful performance as well. Yeah, so another another tremendous performer. Uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate that he had to go out the way he did. Uh, he leaves behind quite a legacy, but uh, another performer gone too soon. So uh, just wanted to make mention uh, three performers that uh, were lost uh, recently. Uh, very sad and very sad to see uh, you know talented performers go. Uh, and again, trying to you know we do the show and trying to segue out of it. I mean, you you mentioned uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, co-starring with uh, Amy Adams, uh, someone who is, is carving out quite a nice little career for herself. Uh, she's still young. I mean, you still looking like where, where she could go as far as her career. Uh, quite quite a great career uh, trajectory right now. Yeah, you know, she has been in uh, some smaller movies. She's been in some bigger movies. And in, in about 10 years or so, she's racked up, I'm looking here, five Oscar nominations uh, in 10 years of a career. And she's done some lots of, you know, fun movies as well. She was in the Talladega Nights, the Ballad of Ricky Bobby. She was in movies like Enchanted and Underdog. She was uh, Junebug in Sunshine Cleaning, but yet also 
powerful, really great performances in movies like The Fighter and American Hustle and The Master. Um, you know, I mentioned Doubt, which was one of my favorite movies of hers, uh, as well as one that she didn't get nominated for. That was Julie and Julia. Uh, she uh, really, uh, she's shown some amazing acting chops in, in a relatively short career. And, you know, this year she's up for Best Actress. Uh, I don't think that as good as she is, she has a chance. Uh, Kate Blanchett, like I said, really is, uh, I think it's hers to lose. But she did a, a tremendous job in that movie, as did everybody in American Hustle. She uh, she certainly was one of the actors in that film. And it's definitely, you know, you look at the best best actress category, it's a strong. I mean, Amy Adams, Kate Blanchett, Sandra Bullock, Judy Dench, and Meryl Streep. I mean, that is a a strong category right there. I mean, all very talented uh, actresses. I mean, you know, at some point they may as well either tell Meryl Streep she's just going to win, like, you know, or rename it, rename it the Meryl right. Streep Award. Um, she's just absolutely phenomenal. Um, I, I'm kind of pulling for Sandy, though. I, 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 you know, it's just, I see, I look at Gravity, and, and it's one of those movies that I, I you know, it, it's to act, by yourself, like right. for the for the bulk of a movie, and uh, maybe a spoiler alert. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, you know, George Clooney's not in it as much as the uh, the trailer might lead you to believe. So uh, Sandra Bullock, you know, and giving nothing away, Sandra Bullock carries the film. There, there's no, it's not, you know, Clooney's great in his role and and he plays it well. But this is Sandra Bullock's film, and and I don't know if there's another movie that you can say that like fully how. I mean, it really is her movie. She, it's all her. She has to carry that film uh, as a performer. And I, I just think, you know, I've done a little bit of acting in, in my past. I can't fathom being, you know, handed a script and said, all right, by the way, you're going to be by yourself for the bulk of the, the 90 minutes of the film. Good luck and carry it. And, you know, she won, was it, was it last year for The Blind Side? Uh, it was a few years ago. A few years ago. A few years ago. Um. The Blind Side, I thought that was a good movie. I, I didn't think it was great. I've always liked Sandra Bullock. To me, this is the movie. This is her breakout movie. As much as she won the Oscar already for The Blind Side, this was the movie where Sandra Bullock showed I, I, I have the acting chops. I thought she was absolutely phenomenal in Gravity. Yeah, you know, she has done some movies that we loved when her earlier career, I, I can't imagine any of, of our age group again, not loving love potion number nine. You know, <laughs> then she did some movies like demolition man and speed where she was, you know, uh, action hero, the net, um, even recently, um, speed two, speed, of course, speed, of course, <laughs> speed two. Um, but you know, it's, it's very recently that she has come into this, this, other category of actress and like you said you know she carried a movie um you know you're asking if there's anyone else who has done something similar there is one performance this year that was not nominated and that's robert redford in all is lost who also and i did not see the movie but i understand that he if he had done a little bit of campaigning maybe showed his face a little bit more likely would have gotten a nomination for best actor other than that, you have to go back to Tom Hanks and Castaway uh, to find an actor who really carried a large chunk of a movie by himself, or at least by himself and, and with the help of his volleyball. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's somebody who 
we already knew could do such a thing. We didn't know Sandra Bullock was capable of the performance she gave this time. Yeah, and that's the thing that really impressed me about her. I mean, and, and that's one of those movies that, you know, everything came together. Great performance, great special effects. Uh, you know, I was able to see it on the IMAX and the, the 3D. And, uh, you know, there are times where I actually found myself uh, getting nauseous, uh, getting, um, in a good way, in a good right, way. Right. You know, I felt Sandra Bullock really uh, put put us in her situation. We really, you know, we were going through it with her. And I thought uh, it was a tremendous uh, performance. And, you know, it's funny that you mentioned Tom Hanks because when I look back, and that's one of the things that, some, you know, I have a hard time, uh, you know, with award ceremonies, and sometimes I, I, I get a bad taste in my mouth because, you know, you wonder the politics in, in award ceremonies. And when I look back on Tom Hanks, and I love Tom Hanks, and as we talked about Philip Seymour Hoffman, I mean, Tom Hanks to me is the quintessential actor that you forget you're watching Tom Hanks. Right. About five minutes into the movie, you know, you're you're not watching Tom Hanks as Forrest Gump. You're watching Forrest Gump. He yes. just in, in every movie he does. When he won the Best Actor for Philadelphia and Forrest Gump, personally, I think Castaway may have been his best performance out of the three. I agree. And he won, it was like the, he wasn't going to win it a third time. There was no way he was going to get it a third time. And you know, you want and, and some of the other movies he did on on that run, and that's why sometimes with the, the politics of, of award ceremonies kind of gets under my skin a bit. But when we talk about a guy like Tom Hanks, and finally, you know, his movie Captain Phillips up for Best Picture, uh, a guy that will we? I mean, we talked a little bit about Amy Adams; she's on a nice little run here. Uh, we talked Jennifer Lawrence, who's on a nice little run to start her career. Will we ever see? a run like we saw at a Tom Hanks and, and then you're starting with Philadelphia, right? It's like really like 89, 90 through early two thousands, the run of movies that he did. Will we ever see that again? No, you know, I'll go back a little further to a league of their own and one that's, you know, not one of my favorites, but as far as rom-coms go sleepless in Seattle and then right through Philadelphia, Forrest Gump and Apollo 13, you know, and that's a run right there, and, and he didn't stop. You're right. You know, going uh, the Toy Story movie, Saving Private Ryan, The Green Mile, all the way up through Castaway, uh, where he interestingly got his last Oscar nomination, which is unbelievable to me. But, yeah, that is a run of about 10, 11 years that he did so many great movies. Um, it, it's hard to imagine someone putting together a run like that. You know, he's had his slumps as far as selecting movies, not as far as performances, but just maybe uh, film selection. But that was incredible. Meanwhile, I can't, you know, I cannot comprehend, is, is Tom Hanks taken for granted at this point? I, I don't think that he's overrated. He's given some amazing performances, but he hasn't been nominated for uh, Best Actor in 13 years. I think that there, there may be uh, some of that. You know, I, I, you know, coming out of, like, when he did Philadelphia... Again, it's that, you know, sometimes you have actors, and, and like we were talking about Sandra Bullock, and, you know, we didn't know she had it in her, and now she showed us she's got it, she's got the chops. You know, a movie like Philadelphia, you know, look, let's face it, I mean, you, you talk about a, a league of their own, or, most of us knew Tom Hanks as, as uh, Kip from, from <laughs> Bosom Buddies. You know, I, as much as I love Bosom Buddies, he will always be 
Rick in Bachelor Party to me. That is <laughs> my favorite Tom Hanks movie by far. Hey, here's a guy that comes out of TV, kind of breaks into movies with Splash and Bachelor Party, two movies that weren't bad. Bachelor Party's become a comic classic. Splash, a pretty decent film for yep. the time. Then did a ton of bad movies in right. like the mid '80s, and then somehow like found this found his niche and and just went off on a, a decade plus run. I, I do think that you bring up a really good point that at this point we are, you know, we've we've taken Tom Hanks for granted. We've we've just, you know, and if he does a subpar performance, we're outraged. Right. But uh, you know, now he's got a, an Oscar an Oscar nominated film for Best Picture, yet he does not get nominated for Best Actor. No, and it's happened, you know, a lot recently. He was uh, he was tremendous in Captain Phillips. The movie was very good. Uh, not in my top five of the nominees this year, but still a very good movie. And I honestly think Tom Hanks may have been the best part of it. Um, you know, meanwhile, one of his co-stars is nominated for an Oscar. The movie itself is nominated for best uh, writing, best picture. Uh, he was in Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, which was nominated for best picture. Max von Sydow was nominated for best supporting actor. He was in Charlie Wilson's War. And Philip Seymour Hoffman got a nomination. He didn't. Catch Me If You Can, Road to Perdition, all movies that, you know, he turned in tremendous performances and his co-stars end up with the nominations. And Tom Hanks is just looked at as, of course he's great. But then again, Meryl Streep gets the nominations every year. So, so what, what's going on with Tom Hanks? You know, he, I can't see any of these movies in his filmography that he did a poor job with. And in fact, they're not even average. Like you said, he disappears into a role. You forget you're watching Tom Hanks. You are watching those characters. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, that gets back to my whole the, the politics involved. Like, did, did he take off the wrong person somewhere along the line? Did they, Hard to imagine. Did, did they, yeah, he does, seem, he does seem like a super nice guy. Um, who knows? I mean, it's, it's just one of those weird kind of things. You know, when you, you get into the, the award season, you do get into that, you know, as much as you're in love of the, with the pomp and circumstance and you're, you have your films that you want to see win. And, but then the flip side of that are the omissions. Doesn't get nominated. Who doesn't get nominated? And as we, you know, Tom Hanks, snubbed for Best Actor. I'm actually floored that we did not see Lone Survivor get more nominations in the, the, more, the more pivotal categories. I, I thought that movie was phenomenal. I actually was shocked when the Best Picture nominations came out. I thought Lone Survivor just came out after the nominations. So I didn't get outraged initially. Upon exploring the nominations of the lesser films and seeing that Lone Survivor was nominated for uh, Best Sound Mixing and Best Sound Editing, I, I was actually kind of floored that that movie was not nominated for some of the major categories, especially with expanding the best picture. Um, I, when I saw the movie, I compared it to a, a Saving Private Ryan. Uh, my, my feelings on that movie were the, the intensity that you saw or you felt in that opening scene in Saving Private Ryan, Lone Survivor kind of takes you through like the entire movie. The entire movie, you're kind of feeling that, that uneasiness. I... To me, they put you right on that mountain in Afghanistan, knowing that the lone survivor was, was a consultant on the movie. Uh, definitely added to the realism, at least for me as a moviegoer, thinking that 
well, he probably didn't make up too much stuff because he was actually there. You know, he didn't have a lot of Hollywood tweaking if the guy who was actually there uh, is consulting on the movie. I thought all the actors did a tremendous job. Uh, you know, it's, it's a war film. I, I don't know, but I was pretty surprised that that was not included, um, you know, in at least, you know, best actors, supporting actors, uh, best picture even. Uh, I think it deserved uh, a little more consideration from the Academy. Now, one of those snubs, um, you know, I didn't see the movie, but, you know, I've heard Ken talk about it first when he saw it and then again tonight. And it happens, you know, there are a limited number of uh, slots in each of these categories. Um, of course, Best Picture is more flexible than the others, and you know it's uh, you never know what goes on. Same thing that we said with Tom Hanks; you don't know exactly what else besides the quality of the picture or the performance. What else goes into it? So um, you know, I don't know exactly what it was missing. Um, Ken saw Lone Survivor. Now I know that I, you know, because I did binge watch, saw a lot more of these Best Picture nominees. Ken happened to have seen uh, a lot of the nominees that I didn't for uh, Best Visual Effects, which is one of the more fun categories because <laughs> those are the movies that you really want to get out and see on a big screen. You know, and of course, Gravity is nominated. But other than Gravity, I believe, Ken, you saw a lot of these pictures, right? Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, with, with these movies, and that's where, because I, I got to, you know, I, I hate people. Of course. <laughs> and it's funny, but, like, I, I just, I, you know, I love movies, and I really need to allow myself to be absolved, uh, absorbed into a movie. And anyone talking, doing anything aside from shutting the hell up and watching the movie pisses the hell out of me. <laughs> so I, I actually got to a point where, like, the, the critically, quote-unquote, critically acclaimed movies uh, that are not special effects driven, I, I generally wait and, try and see those on the small screen. And if they're, they're big, spectacular-type movies that... You kind of have a need to see them on the big screen. I try and get out to the big screen and, and try not to kill anybody while I'm at the theater. Um, so, like, best visual effects, you know, it, it's going to be tough, you know, to go against gravity. I mean, gravity, it's it's best visual effects because the effects were so well done, coupled with dramatically how important the special effects were. I, I would probably go with gravity. Uh, Iron Man 3. You know, it was a good special effects-y kind of movie, but nothing that, that struck me that was much different than Iron Man 1 or 2. That, that's uh, exactly what I was thinking when you mentioned the movie. It, it's not groundbreaking, whereas Gravity yes. really is. And not only if you've seen it, but especially if you've seen any of those behind-the-scenes, you know, whether you see an entire special on it or just hear about some of the things that they did, you realize just how groundbreaking the effects were. And to be transformed, it has to be special. It's not just a space movie. But it's something else. Whereas Iron Man 3, besides multiplying the number of Iron Men, didn't do yes. much different than Iron Man 1 and 2. And it's funny, because, like, Star Trek Into Darkness, uh, you know, if, if it was a different year, like, you know, there was a scene with, with the Enterprise dropping out of orbit, being pulled through uh, Earth's atmosphere, starting to see it burn up. It was, not that it was anything that maybe I, I haven't told, but it, it was a really cool scene. There were certain aspects of Star Trek Into Darkness that the special effects did take me back a little bit that it was like, wow, that's, that's something cool, something I, I haven't seen before. And, and especially with the Star Trek legend and, and seeing the enterprise uh, like that, I, I, I enjoyed that. I would, I would, uh, you know, again, a different year, right. maybe that, that something would, would be considered the Lone Ranger. Not God, that movie was awful. <laughs> um, I don't know why it's nominated in this category. Maybe they just need to fill a spot. 
Um, I don't know. It just it, to me that that movie kind of missed the boat. I, you know, I guess visual effects. You, you gotta, you know, obviously they weren't riding horses alongside the train and jumping on the train and back off the train onto the horse and everything. So they're, you know, not your, you know, uh, fantasy or, or sci-fi special effects type thing. But uh, right. obviously there were green screens used at some point. But I uh, really and truly nothing, nothing in that movie was uh, anything that I hadn't seen before. And in fact, years ago. Before technology, the old-fashioned westerns were doing that, uh, and they were doing it better. So I, <laughs> I, 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 Lone Ranger just really didn't do much for me at all. Uh, there, oh, geez, you know, it's just I was going to finish my thought there. We had a caller on, but a uh, caller dropped. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. If you're inspired, caller, get back on. We'll get you on right away. But uh, yeah, so the visual uh, effects, you know, I didn't get a chance to see The Hobbit. Uh, but I saw all the rest of them, so I, I have to go towards gravity. It just, it, it like you said, it was groundbreaking. Gravity just pulls you in, it doesn't pulls it? Pulls you in, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was. I mean, that movie more than than any other movie I've ever, really, that I've ever seen with special effects, with the 3D, the IMAX, just uh, you you just felt like you were there. It was it was unbelievable. I mean, things were like, you know. Parts of, of satellites were, like, flying by in 3D, and I'd actually look to my side. Like, right. it was actually flying by me. Yep. Uh, I, I, you know, debate other categories. I'd be absolutely shocked if Gravity does not win uh, Best Visual uh, Effects. And uh, I don't know if I'll ever have enough time to take in The Hobbit. <laughs> they, I, those movies are tough. I, I'm with you. And, you know, I love uh, my sci-fi movies. The Hobbit movies, the Lord of the Rings movies are just another category for me, and I find them tough, too. I'm just looking down the list of actual of, of the categories that are going to receive awards tonight, and Gravity is going to receive a number of awards. I can't see this losing film editing, cinematography, um, sound mixing and sound editing. I mean, it's going to get a bunch of awards. What's interesting is this may be one of those odd years where different movies win Best Picture and Best Director. Because although I'm pulling for Gravity, and I think it is the only one that has a chance to win uh, ahead of 12 Years a Slave, I have a feeling 12 Years a Slave is going to win Best Picture. And I also have a feeling, and I think it's well-deserved, that Alfonso Cuaron is going to win Best Director. And that doesn't happen often, but I can see that happening this year. Well, it is, and, and that's the, that, that age-old debate that we talked about earlier in the show. Like, how, how could a film be the best picture of the year, but not be the best directed film of the year? It, it, it seems like it just doesn't make sense that those two things wouldn't go hand-in-hand. Hand. Well, is it unfair that one movie may get a bunch of great performances but the other one doesn't because it has one performance. You know, one movie is set in a particular place. The other one tells a much more sprawling story. Uh, one is almost in real time. They're different. They're very different movies, and it just may be the case that to honor both of them, you know, that the split will will occur this year, you know, and it does happen. That's right, you know, and, and this is what's fun about it. You know, we can debate this until uh, we're blue in the face, and, and but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. And I'm sure after the award show goes on, there'll be a ton of debates uh, coming out of the show. And who knows? You know, we're talking right now, and you're saying that uh, 
you know, it, it, it could be Gravity, it could be 12 Years a Slave, and that's what we're talking, that we're looking at those two films to be the front runners. But who knows, you know, Matthew McConaughey has, has gotten a lot of buzz with his performance in, in Dallas Buyers Club. I mean, do we see, like, a dark horse, and he comes in and wins Best Actor, and, and Dallas Buyers Club winds up winning Best Picture? Uh, you know, it would surprise me, but I love the movie. I mean, the, the performance... Both Matthew McConaughey and Jared Leto were outstanding, but carrying that movie the way he did, um, the the physical, the emotional transformations that he made from the beginning of the movie to the end, the physical transformation he underwent just to take on his role, which is becoming more commonplace nowadays, but you know he really was unrecognizable, um, and the the performance he gave. Start to finish, in the beginning when he was in denial um, and when he, you know, kind of took on this, uh, you know, formed the the titular Dallas Buyers Club um, and became so much more of a, an activist. Um, he was just outstanding. I love it when someone takes that, uh, kind of takes that Hank's route. You do not realize after a while that you're watching an actor. You are watching this character. So Matt McConaughey was as good as Chiwetel Ejiofor was, as good as Leo was, and Christian Bale, and Bruce Dern as well, you know, I mean, in a, in a much more low-key part. It, it's a really, really strong category this year, but I would be very disappointed if Matthew McConaughey did not win. And Matthew McConaughey is, is falling into another, another guy in that category that, uh, you know, surprising. Uh, like that uh, Sandra ne- Bullock kind yeah, of Yeah, like never a big fan of his acting, always, uh, always, always felt like he was kind of, he delivered all of his lines out of the side of his mouth. He'd like move his mouth over to his cheek. And just like, well, you know, even when he does though, well, all right, all right, all right. You know, that's, I hope we hear that tonight. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Uh, <laughs> but if not on the uh, red carpet, perhaps at the podium, but, right. uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's interesting that all of a sudden, you know, and I will, I honestly, as far as the craft of acting, I love when you see a performer, able to do that you know I, I like over the years i remember when going back a while when a, a fight club came out right and thinking you know for years that brad pitt just cannot act even a little bit just why is he a celebrity i hate him and then fight club came out and i think wow he's that's incredible and it's you know when you see someone who takes their craft seriously it's, it's interesting that it's like wow all of a sudden uh matthew mcconaughey can act and, uh, right. you know, I'm in the midst of, uh, I'm, I'm binge-watching uh, True Detectives, so I'm catching up on True Detectives. He is very good in that, and, and uh, a part that's just not a typical Matthew McConaughey-type role. And, and it's just interesting, and, and he probably, he lost a lot of the weight for Dallas Buyers Club, so he's still kind of emaciated on uh, True Detectives, which definitely works for the character. Right. But as I'm sitting there watching, I'm like, wow, like this guy, you know, I don't know what happened with him behind the scenes somewhere, but uh, if, if a director or an acting coach all of a sudden resonated with him, but it seems like th- this guy can act. It's, it's impressive to see what he's doing now at this point in his career. I, I don't know if you saw Magic Mike, but he did uh, a tremendous job in that movie. That was the one where I started to say, I mean, I've seen him in other movies more recently that I thought he, okay, this guy is doing something a little different than he used to do. Uh, I have not seen Mud, which I hear is a great movie, and he's done a terrific job. But Magic Mike is one where I said, this guy is a lot more than uh, I may have thought before. And what's not getting a lot of publicity 
but he was also in The Wolf of Wall Street, and it's a small part near the beginning. It's kind of in that movie as if you took the typical Matthew McConaughey old school role, put him in a suit and put him on Wall Street, but he's got a lot of those old McConaughey mannerisms. And, and it was a terrific job, um, kind of Leo DiCaprio's introduction to the, uh, the world that he was then going to completely enter uh, in The Wolf of Wall Street. And, of course, uh, Dallas Buyers Club, um, you know, that's one of those performances for the ages. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I guess we're pulling for him to win uh, Best Actor. Uh, should be interesting. Uh, any any other categories tonight that you're really looking forward to seeing or, or intrigued by the prospect of, of who might win tonight? Something, something maybe off the beaten path that you're, you're looking at. Well, you know, I usually look at um, – eight main categories being Best Picture Director and then the Acting and Writing categories. And I enjoy watching some of the other ones as well. Um, you know, now that I understand a little bit what's the difference between uh, production design and cinematography, you know, you can kind of uh, get involved in some of those other ones or sound editing versus sound mixing. Um, but in the writing categories, uh, there are certain movies that I don't understand uh, how they're nominated in in this uh, in these categories, and therefore, well, I'm, I'm talking specifically about adapted screenplay. I have a feeling that uh, Twelve Years a Slave is going to win, but outside of that, the one movie I didn't see, and the, the ones that are nominated are Before Midnight, Captain Phillips, Philomena, Twelve Years a Slave, and The Wolf of Wall Street. The Wolf of Wall Street was a great movie, but as far as the screenplay goes, I I think there were some problems with understanding what exactly was going on to drive the plot forward. Not all the other stuff, the debauchery and the fun and the, the ups and downs, but the actual plot. Um, before Midnight, I, I don't know. I, I like the movie. I love that trilogy of movies. But is that really a script, what they do in those movies? Uh, you know, you see that the, the credit, Richard Linklater as well as Julie Delpy and Ethan Hawke. And I think that's because... They don't sit down and write a script necessarily or, or spend a lot of time on it. So if not 12 Years a Slave, I would lean towards the one I didn't see, Philomena. And it's also one of those situations where, hey, this movie was, so I hear, very good. It's probably not going to win anything else. So maybe it has an outside chance of winning Best Adapted Screenplay. I think that does happen a lot in the Academy Awards. What I'm really looking at uh, tonight, what I'm curious about, is is best makeup and hair. <laughs> really? And, and what are you pulling for there? <laughs> I don't know. I just, you know, scrolling through the categories, Dallas Buyers Club, Jackass Presents, Bad Grandpa, and The Lone Ranger. Well, you know, it, I'm torn because, you know, I, I, I like Jackass for the makeup, but Lone Ranger for the hair. So what are we going to do? It's an excellent point. <laughs> I don't I You know, it's, I only saw bits and pieces of uh, Bad Grandpa, but... Uh, you know, it's funny with a movie like that. I mean, I, you know, it's like, and, and again, when you talk about the Academy, does someone, is it because it was through Walt Disney, someone out there like the Lone Ranger? Because, well, that movie shouldn't have been nominated for anything. I, they, they liked the way, I mean, they, they painted Johnny Depp's face. I mean, yeah, I get, I'll get my nieces back on the horn. I'm sure they could do as good a job <laughs> at painting up Johnny Depp. Uh, and, and plus, my, <laughs> My biggest issue with that was – I'm going to go off on the movie. But the movie could have been called Tonto. It, like casting Johnny Depp was the worst thing for that movie because he became more of the focal point than the Lone Ranger. I digress. You know, I, I, I knew it. 
before the movie came out. There are certain movies that you see the trailer for, and for whatever reason, you know this is going to flop. And this was being hailed as a summer tentpole movie. And I didn't see it, have no plans to see it. I just knew from the start this was not going to do well. They were relying on the built-in audience because it's already an established you know, uh, a name, the, the brand of The Lone Ranger. But who the hell knows The Lone Ranger out of the people who are going to go see it? They're trying to grow, draw a crowd of people who don't know The Lone Ranger. It was like when they did a, a Yogi Bear movie. And it had nothing to do with Yogi Bear. It was just about a bear. But they said, well, but Yogi Bear is a recognizable name. No, it's not. Not anymore. And neither is The Lone Ranger. Not, not to the younger audience that they're trying to draw in. So, you know, and I'm going off. I haven't even seen the movie. Yeah, I mean, my biggest issue with, honestly, like, I mean, it, it drew me in because as a kid, you know, I had, and you know, my lineup as a kid, you know, growing up, uh, you know, I, I, years one through five, I lived in an apartment in the Bronx, to which, like, my mom, you know, I was not allowed outside. To, so, like, I, I lived on TV, so I had my, my lineup, and I used to watch the old Lone Rangers in, in reruns. So in the, uh, when I heard that they were doing a movie, it's like, I got to see this. Um, I actually saw it recently, and, and I, you know, for, for a subject matter that is so tied to, uh, you know, American lexicon and, and just legend, I just, they should have spent a little more time uh, making the movie. It, it's, it's almost like, you know, I, I get the impression with a guy like Johnny Depp, who I love, by the way, um, that he likes doing his blockbuster movies, he likes to do his Pirates of the Caribbeans, and make my money doing that, and then I could do the artsy stuff and not worry about what money I'm making doing the artsy stuff, which is a great philosophy. This movie just came off as lazy and just, we can throw this out there with Johnny Depp, and it'll automatically, with the name Lone Ranger and Johnny Depp, America will just, just eat it up, and we have another franchise on our hands. And, and that's kind of how that struck me. And I'm going off on a bit of a tangent, but I look at this category, honestly, and I was joking because... Uh, the three, uh, just three very different movies in this category, but you, I, jackass, man, like to to be able to, you know, that you're interacting with the public, right? You and, got and, it. And to be off. able to pull off that makeup and and fool the public, uh, I don't know. As much as like you know, Dallas Buyers Club maybe cleaning up in other categories, like is this the year that we see Jack jackass walking in a, away with an Oscar award. One can only hope. One can only hope. I'm glad to hear we're going positive again and not negative. <laughs> this is a happy broadcast. And that would be tremendous uh, to hear them announce. You know, it was kind of like the year that uh, South Park had some of their songs nominated. You'd love to hear them have to announce that. Or, uh, you know, what was the song? Uh, Three Six Mafia. It's hard out here for a pimp. Yeah. It's just one of those things that you'd love to hear the Academy announced, you know, and the Oscar goes to Jack has present Bad Grandpa. That, that'd be great. Let me uh, let me keep up some of the uh, the more. We're we're closing down here uh, shortly. I know that the uh, the award ceremony is starting soon. Best director is another category with some great names, and having not necessarily even having to have seen the movies, but. Uh, Aside from Steve McQueen, who has not had the career of the others, Martin Scorsese, of course, Alexander Payne, Alfonso Cuaron, and David O. Russell are uh, four tremendous directors. David O. Russell you know, directed American Hustle this year and has four nominated actors in his movie. He did Silver Linings Playbook last year, four nominated actors. 
And uh, The Fighter, a couple of years before that, with three actors nominated. So, I mean, if this guy pull out performances like no other director can, uh, any thoughts on the uh, directors that are nominated this year? Um, you know me. I mean, I'm 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 a biased guy to to gravity, but uh, I mean, yeah, you're right. You know, you do admire any sort of director that's able to pull uh, great performances out of their actors, and uh, you know that that's a rare talent in Hollywood. I always, you know, go back you know, way back. I was always impressed with uh, a guy like Oliver Stone, as much right. as his his movies had uh, political agendas. You know, got you know, arguably Tom Cruise's best performance. Uh, Born on the Fourth of July, uh, even uh, you know, arguably Val Kilmer's career best performance, playing Jim Morrison. Uh, you know, he was able to pull performances out of people. So, you got a director who's you know got actors nominated in the major acting categories. Uh, you know, it's it's tough to go against a guy like that. But I, you know, it's it's I know I'm biased. I, I just it, Gravity blew me away so much, and it was just something so different than anything I, I've seen in, for so long uh, on, on the silver screen. I, I lean towards that, but I, I definitely know when you talk about a David O. Russell, that's uh, you know, impressive to continue to, to pull stuff out of their actors. Yeah, uh, and I'm with you on this category. Um, I think that as good as 12 Years a Slave was, and uh, as, as impressive as David O. Russell is at getting great performances uh, from his actors, what Quaron did with Gravity is uh, really tremendous, and if even if the movie does not win Best Picture, because I understand the merits of Twelve Years a Slave, I may not agree with everybody's every reason for voting for it, but uh, for it, for the large part, I do. It's it's an amazing movie, and it's a very powerful movie. But the director, uh, the director of Gravity did something that, you know, you really have to just step back and say, wow, this is something I've not seen before. And uh, David O. Russell, uh, you know, does stuff with his actors. Martin Scorsese, of course, has his go-to actors, and he always puts out great product. But I think Alfonso Cuaron this year is, is the director to be. And, and I think that that's, that's really the, the one thing that you – and it doesn't happen every year, you know, but this is a rare occurrence where – you know, you've you've seen historical dramas, you've seen uh, tragedies, you've seen romantic comedies, you've seen uh, you know retro type movies. I mean, it, you know, and, and not taking anything away, great films, great acting. You know, I mean, and that's that's life, that's society. I mean, you know, yeah. th there are stories to be told. Lots it, of true stories this year, by the way. You know, lots of based on a true story, and and obviously, Gravity is not, but that. That, that doesn't matter. It's just, that's one of those things that happens, uh, you know, it's rare that, that you just, you go and you see something that is unlike anything you've ever seen before. And, you know, I said it at the top of the show and I say, you know, again now, you know, you, you generally see those those special effects type movies are just those those popcorn, you know, summer blockbuster type movies where the, you know, the special effects are great. But they're just kind of designed to kind of blow your hair back and, and just uh, you're in for a ride. The, the, uh, 
the way that the special effects were used in, in a dramatic way, uh, just just the the way you know, and to think about, I mean, put put it in perspective. I mean, we, we keep talking about the special effects and Sandra Bullock's performance and everything. It's important to remember that Sandra Bullock was not in space. Right. And I mean, when you think about the directing and, and the performance, that essentially that movie was done in front of a green screen, right. and it was like, all right, make this believable. I mean, I don't and I don't know what they did. I don't know if if they would throw crumpled up pieces of paper at, at Sandra Bullock and say, here comes a piece of satellite, duck, and throw it at her. But, like, just think about what that would entail, right. you, know, you know, putting a movie together, both from a, from a performance standpoint and a director's standpoint, to, like, you're not seeing everything. You're not looking, you know, you're not in a park and saying, all right, there's a tree there. I need you standing next to the tree, you next to the bench. You're going to walk across this scene. The entire movie directed essentially in front of a green screen. I, it just, it, it's something special that we saw this year. Well, let me throw out some of the firsts then at you because I'll get back to gravity in, in just a second. Uh, first of all, we've never had in the history of the Academy Awards a best director uh, who is either African-American or Latino. And I have a feeling that we are going to have one or the other this year. The other one, uh, there's never been a science fiction best picture before. And I think this is, you know, our best chance, uh, possibly our best chance for a while, if Gravity were to win. Science fiction typically is one of those genres that is not as appreciated, but there's so much more to it than the science fiction aspect. Um, the, the personal, what she is going through for those 90 minutes, uh, it doesn't matter where she is. She's all alone, and it's not just the special effects. It's the storytelling, it's the acting, it's the directing, and then there's all the rest. It's just an incredible picture, and we've come just about to the end of the first uh, Oscars pre-show. Hope you all enjoyed. Remember, we're going to be back on Tuesday. Maybe some Oscar reaction as well as hitting some other aspects of pop culture. Tuesday night, 1030. Good time tonight, Todd. Absolutely. We will... Uh, we'll Talk about the Oscars again Tuesday. Uh, of course, we'll also hit our television, music. We've talked about comic books, video games, you know, anything that, that uh, crosses our minds. But right now, we're both going to settle in and watch the Academy Awards. And uh, we're both pulling for the same movie for Best Picture, Gravity. But there are plenty of great ones out there. And uh, I'm just looking forward to the show. And I uh, had a great time again, as usual, tonight, Ken. Great time tonight. Thank you, Todd. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. Thank you for our... Our callers who called in, especially uh, Jenna and Caitlin, thanks for giving your perspective. For Todd, I am Ken. We are taking off tonight. See you on Tuesday at 1030. Have a good night, everybody.